Hi there, I'm Logan, one of your co-hosts with the Better Events Podcast. And in this week's episode, we are talking all about how to make the most of your AV budget, your audio-visual budget, or, or maybe your production budget, as you might have heard it called. This week, I'm going to be solo, uh, so you'll just be hearing my voice this week on the podcast, but excited. There's lots of good tips and tricks for you if anything you have to do has anything to do with AV. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. Hey friends, Logan Clements here, one of your co-hosts with the Better Events Podcast. And in this week's episode, you're going to be just hearing from me, Logan. Uh, Mary is off doing events and like she mentioned in her episode two weeks ago, we are in a busy event season. So you're getting just me to talk about a topic that is near and dear to my heart, all about how to make the most of your AV budget. And when I talk about AV, I guess I should first define the term. We do have an episode all about event jargon. And so when I say AV, that means audio visual. This is often the microphones, the speakers, the TVs or projection screens or LED boards that you are using on your event. It's mainly kind of the production piece of your event. And so this episode is for anyone who has to either manage a budget, is interested in learning more about what audio visual AV you know, budgets look like, or if you're someone who's actually on the production side of events. I'm going to be sharing a little bit about my tips and tricks for how to make the most of an event budget, really dive into a little bit of in-house AV pros and cons versus bringing an external AV company, um, as well as some common mistakes that I see uh, people make. And this is something that like is very, I'm very passionate about. I'm a producer. And in the past, I'd say four or five years, I've really focused in on the production aspect of an event. And again, we like to start wide on this podcast, so I guess I should first not assume you might know what I'm talking about when I say production. The production, as I, I always say, is anything with a microphone, a stage. Sometimes it doesn't have to have a stage, but this is anything of like the digital things that you are listening to, watching, how you play a video, how you show slides. That is what I would define as the production part of your event. And a trend that we're seeing around all events, I'd say, is budgets are you know getting cut or they're going down or they're just being a little bit more discerning with what clients want to spend money on. So the AV part of your budget for some planners can be a little bit mystifying and you're not sure what you really need. And I get really hyped up about this topic because I've kind of fallen into this niche now with some clients in the last couple of years where I am that kind of AV interpreter for them. I know enough about the tech speak to be dangerous and you know know what's going on, but not enough to say that I wanted to technical direct my own show and tell you what cable gets plugged into what, but I can read an AV quote and understand kind of what that looks like in terms of the attendee and client experience. And so what I'm finding is a lot of clients are signing off you know, large sums of their budget towards AV and maybe they don't fully understand what it is they're getting, which is no fault to them, but they're putting their trust in production partners. And sometimes that trust, you know, gets broken or, you know, they, they get told they're getting a lot more than they actually do. So my point of my episode is I just kind of want to let you go under the hood a little bit about the process I take clients through and how I always look at AV budgets because 
I'm not only passionate about production and having a great experience for your attendees, but I'm also pretty budget passionate of making sure we're really efficient with the dollars we spend. And I'm not going to pretend that you with a $10,000 AV budget are going to get the same as someone who has a million dollar AV budget. And yes, I've worked events that have that large range and the look and feel is very different. But that doesn't mean because you have $10,000 or even $2,000 for your production budget that you shouldn't still have a smooth and enjoyable experience. So I guess this tees up my first tip for how to make the most of your budget is to have a budget. <laughs> I feel like this is a little silly to talk about, especially in a solo episode where I don't have Mary to bounce off, but it like just making sure you actually have a number in mind. Cause the hard part, when you go to a production company, it could be an, an agency who does a lot of productions. It could be Encore, the in-house, their Encore is a company that's in a lot of hotels and venues and they are the in-house AV team. So if you go to them, They've all, almost all these companies have done enough that they have standard packages they can give you. But like I said, the range is so large that you could have $2,000 to $10,000 or you could have half a million to a million dollars to spend on your AV. And so you're going to spend a lot of time kind of sifting through and it might add to your confusion if you don't know what you need. So make sure you have a budget and this would come from your larger event budget, putting kind of pooling an amount for audio visual. So again, it's for the microphones, the speakers, if you want staging, any kind of uh, video board, you know, if you're doing TVs or projection screens or LED boards, that's, I put all of that under production. Same thing for your AV budget should include the people to operate that equipment. So if you personally are not going to be advancing your own slides, it would be that person's labor, their time is going to be included in that AV budget. Now, I feel like you might already be thinking, Logan, what's a good AV budget? <laughs> and I can't tell you that answer. And I get asked this all the time because it really really varies. I will be the first person to tell you what is reasonable for what you're looking for. Um, for example, let's say you just want a TV screen. So like a 55 inch monitor that you would have at home, maybe if you're a big TV person and a laptop and an HDMI cable, that's going to connect your laptop to that TV screen. Cause you're having a small meeting, maybe 10 to 20 people, and you don't need a microphone or anything. You're not doing anything hybrid. You're not recording it, any of that. And maybe that's going to come out to a couple hundred dollars easily. It could easily be a thousand dollars right there, especially if you're using it in a hotel in their meeting space. Again, a lot of hotels will give you slight discounts on certain things, but that could easily be a thousand dollars in equipment and in the labor to set that up. No one to operate it while it's your meeting, you're operating it yourself, and then they would come and break it down. Now, if you're going to one of these big conferences, you know, especially if you're in the tech sector or pharmaceuticals or a for-profit company, you might go to these events where you it's a huge stage and it's giant LEDs that run almost the whole wall and moving lighting and maybe there's some fog and dynamic and things like that. That's going to be closer to that half a million to two plus million dollar budget because it's going to be that, you know, that much bigger. Uh, so it really, really varies. And again, don't expect, though, if you only have $1,000 or $2,000 or $3,000, that you shouldn't be getting good service and getting what you need, but it's just managing those expectations. My second tip for your event for making the most of your AV budget is to prioritize. Make sure you have certain priorities because I just gave you a couple different ideas and ranges of kind of what you can have. And the people that I see, I think, struggle the most with their AV budget is that they aren't sure what they want and they want to do everything really well or they can't they can't pinpoint the one thing that's important. And so it's okay if your priority on the AV side 
is that AV is not a priority, <laughs> that you just want the bare bones. It's just there. The people are here more for the connection or the food or whatever it is. That's fine. But if it's also the priority is you're doing a fundraising event and it's really important that everybody hears your speakers and can watch your mission video and everything plays really smoothly. Well, then you do want to make sure that you're setting yourself up on the production on the AV side with making sure that you have decent screens. You Maybe you want a downstage monitor, which is like a confidence monitor for your speaker notes so that your speakers on stage can look down and see their notes and confidently speak about the topics you want them to. And again, I can already hear you thinking, what are the right priorities, Logan? Honestly, there aren't, there isn't a specific one that I can pinpoint for every single event. Like that's a priority. But a couple other examples could be maybe you want to record this and use your content later. Maybe it's really important for you to make sure there is a hybrid function for your event for virtual attendees to join in or accessibility is really important. And you want to make sure you have an American Sign Language interpreter both in the room and on the screen virtually for your virtual attendees. All of these require slightly different tech setups. And I've been a part of those conversations where people get given a very, their budget smaller than what their expectations are. And we have to figure out and start to wean down, okay, what is really truly a priority for you for this event? Because I'm sure you've seen on social media, all the videos of Taylor Swift's concert, her Eras tour that everyone is talking about. I mean, I can't imagine, I would love to know what her production budget is because that that is a, I would say tens of millions <laughs> of a production budget that she's got going on. And it is awe, it's amazing. It's awe-inspiring, but that might not be your goal for what you're doing with your event, nor is it probably your budget. So think about your priorities. And my next one, uh, just how to make the most of your production budget, your AV budget, is to think through in-house versus external production companies. So when I say in-house, I mentioned it earlier, but a lot of companies, a lot of hotels now have an internal AV company. It's called Encore. It is a massive national. I'm not sure if they're international. I've not worked with them abroad, but they are a national company. And what it was, was it started as a smaller company and that it bought up a lot of the local AV companies and brought them in-house because often hotels are going to be an epicenter for hosting events. You probably host several events a year at different hotels. And so that just partnership makes sense. Now, my tip for that, though, is I find a lot of clients will just automatically default to the in-house Encore option. And while that could be the fit for your event, my suggestion to make the most of your AV budget is to always get two to three quotes. So you can do your Encore in-house, but get at least one, if not two, external outside company quotes. And depending on the size of the event you're doing, this could be beneficial for you to just find someone local. So if you're hosting an event in Denver, Colorado, you would get your hotel Encore quote. You would then also get an external quote from a local Denver company. If you're larger and maybe you do events all over the, the country or the world, it might be worth partnering with another global AV company who could help give you that consistency with the same team. And they come with you all over the world. Now, that's going to cost a little bit more because you're paying for the travel of that team versus the local crew you wouldn't be paying for. But it's good to kind of you know, cost compare those differences because often you'll find with the in-house Encore folks, they do then part of what they charge you is going to the hotel. So their prices are automatically going to be a little inflated. They are, though, I guess to counter that, they are then sometimes a part of your hotel contract is, oh, you get 20% or discount on equipment. And while that sounds great to someone who maybe you're new to the AV world, equipment's going to be much 
lower of a cost compared to your labor costs. So your setup, your people operating, your breakdown. So that's where they're going to make their money. So just know that that rate is probably going to be inflated 20 to 30% compared to locals. You also now will, when looking at external AV companies, when you're working at a hotel or really any venue, make sure you read your contracts, your venue contract to make sure you're allowed to bring in someone from the outside. Often, I feel like now I'm seeing it really common that you can, but sometimes you still have to pay someone from Encore or the internal you know, AV company to supervise. I say it with air quotes, supervise your external crew. They aren't really supervising. They're just kind of eyes and ears for the venue. They're on site during your event days and they're just kind of watching from the venue side. They're not actually supervising and telling anybody what to do. They're just kind of there. But even then, that that cost of having that one person from the venue side could be way less, could still be cheaper than that markup you're getting by going in-house. So just really thinking as long as you get a couple quotes and you'll start to see what I mean, like certain same equipment, same you know person for a day, you're going to see that difference in, in costs. I feel like I've often defaulted to Encore when my uh, client has a m- very simple setup on the AV side, like they just need a couple of microphones, one projection screen one laptop and they're feeding everything directly from the laptop to the projection screen so they don't need a you know anything other fancy equipment and they maybe need one operator to help them on their event days and for that something so small like that it could make sense to go in-house just because logistically it's easier and you're going to pay a lot more for you know that cost of having people bring a truck or something from another company is probably just going to be way more than you need it to be. Now, this is a part of my fun part. And Encore folks, if you are listening, I'm so sorry because I'm going to be giving some people some tips about how to make the most of their quotes with you. But this is just something, again, I get really passionate about, especially for if you're a nonprofit or really anybody where your budget matters. Like, I want you to know this information. So just kind of have some tips about debunking your your quotes that you're getting from these in-house companies. It's not just Encore, but like Encore. Um, making sure one of the workarounds you have that you can save some money, especially my nonprofit friends, I've done this before, is you can bring your own laptops. I don't suggest this for big shows, but if you are, again, that more simple setup where it's one laptop feeding into your you know, you want to put just slides on a screen. Often you'll see in these AV quotes, they're going to charge you $200 to $300 a day, if not more, to rent their laptop. Again, bigger shows, you really want to make sure you're using the AV company's laptops. That just ensures a smooth process. But for something like this, where $200, $300 a day over three days is almost $1,000 in savings. And that has made an impact for some of my clients. So don't be afraid to ask, can you use your own laptop Um, Big thing then is just making sure you write down your passwords or anything that could lock someone out of your laptop. That would be like the only way to derail that. And then remember to bring your charger and all those fun things because your laptop's going to be in use during your event. Another, like I mentioned, is your contract with the venue might give you a discount on equipment. And while these in-house AV companies are technically in-house, I have found sometimes there's a little bit of a disconnect between the venue sales department and the AV sales department. So make sure you note if in your contract you get 20% off all of your equipment that you rent with the in-house folks, write that number down and make sure when you get your quote from your in-house folks that they do give you 20%. Again, this is a very small detail, but it could add up to some really big numbers depending on what you're dealing with or just big impact depending on what you're dealing with. So don't be afraid to ask for that discount in your contract. If you're a nonprofit, I also encourage you know, it's worth asking. All they can do is tell you no if they do offer any additional nonprofit discounts. This again, for my folks who have budgets of $10,000 and below, it's just worth asking. They might not give it to you. I have found 
ironically, usually if you have a bigger budget, they might be more willing to move with you. But that's because overall your, your project is bringing in more revenue for them. And then another part of looking at these quotes, and this applies not just in-house, I guess, but also um, an external company, but make sure you look at your labor costs. So this is like the technicians, the setup people, and just make sure in your quote that they have allocated the right days for setup, the right day for rehearsal and the event days. I have found in some of these quotes, it sometimes includes just the event day. And all of a sudden you get hit with these unexpected costs after the event because you actually needed the text there for the rehearsal and that wasn't accounted for in your initial quote. So just go through like dates with a fine tooth comb. And if you're still confused about how to read it, reach out to me. I'm happy to help you. Um, and often a lot of these folks are, you know, that you're working with on the in-house encore side or externally are happy to answer your questions and walk through things with you. Don't be afraid to advocate for yourself because you want to make sure that you're understanding what's scoped. Um, and again, that's a lot of my role. So I can help interpret that for event hosts and event organizers. And lastly, just to reiterate, I feel like I mentioned it here, but when you're working with in-house, you're going to have that hotel markup. You're also going to have a service charge sometimes as well as tax. So it's going to be a budget that in the industry we call plus, plus, plus. So it's like plus tax, plus service charge. I can't remember the third plus right now, but it is going to be marked up. And so just take that into account. Don't be surprised if you go all the way to the bottom of your quote and your subtotal sounds like a really good number. And then all of a sudden you see service charge taxes and you've just added on a couple hundred, if not thousands of dollars. It is pretty significant. This could be anywhere from a 10 to 25 percent increase at the bottom of your budget. And so making sure you're taking that into account when you come like my first tip with your budget of, say, it's ten thousand dollars you can probably then only spend $8,000 on equipment and labor because you're then going to get hit with that tax and that service charge. And that's what's going to get you to your 10,000. Now, some of that stuff has wiggle room and it's again, worth asking and questioning kind of some of those charges, not so much on the equipment and the labor side, but just really when you get to those taxes and services and fees, double check your venue contract. Some of that might be waived. It's also worth just asking if any of that, especially if you're like $1,000 over your budget and you're saying, I really can't budge. I have 10,000 to spend. We're at 11,000 right now. Can Is there any wiggle room in the service charge? And you might be surprised. I have had with some clients that we've gotten that knocked down some or found somewhere else that they could pull from or a discount that all of a sudden magically made it meet our $10,000 budget. So advocate for yourself, negotiate, go back and listen to this when you're looking at your next encore quote. I promise it's going to help you out. All right. We're bringing it home, folks, with my common mistakes. And this is something, again, with the theme of making the most of your audiovisual budget. These are just a couple of the common mistakes I see. I, again, I, I love helping troubleshoot. I'd love to hear from you if you have certain regrets or things that have happened that you're like Loganite scratching your head still, like you're not sure why that happened. I'm happy to help answer those questions. First mistake I see is having a switcher. So what is a switcher? A switcher is a piece of equipment that allows you to switch between multiple inputs, but going to one output. So what is that? That means like I could have, if I have a switcher, I can have two laptops, one that's showing slides, one that shows a video. And I would have this physical piece of equipment that allows me to, in one button, switch very seamlessly from my slides on laptop one to my video playing on laptop two. And so all that I would see on the screen as an attendee is I see slides and then we queue up our video and I would just see the video. Now, if you don't have a switcher and you're running everything off of, you could still use two laptops, but it's going to be multiple clicks or potentially they're going to see you, 
you know, minimize your slides and open up your computer. So it's just one of those that having that switcher is going to help just make your transitions seamless. And this is something I emphasize so much for everyone, unless maybe you have like a meeting and it's a lot smaller of an audience, but any, any larger events got microphones and things, you really want to make sure you have a switcher included. This is also a crucial piece of equipment if you're doing anything with live streaming, because that helps enable you to show different things um, on the in-person screens. But usually then you need like a second switcher or your live streaming person should have these switching capabilities. So switcher is a term for a physical piece of equipment that I encourage everyone to have on their AV quote, especially for larger groups. But also a switcher could refer to a person who is the person who's operating the actual physical switcher. So that's something else you want to make sure, like, who is operating that switcher. My next mistake I see people making is because of COVID times, we got better at doing events with a very short runway. You know, getting approached a month out saying, hey, we have an event next month. Can you do it? And the event industry said, yes, we can. And that's awesome. But the hard part has been now events are back and they are booking. I am busy. Mary's busy. A lot of folks in the event industry are very busy. And so the sooner you book your event for a longer runway, meaning if this event's six months away, the sooner you confirm, yes, this is what I want from the, the production side of things, the better the chance is that you're going to get the A team. So you're going to get the best folks from whatever company you're working with. The closer you get to the event, it's not saying you can't get the A team. Sometimes things happen. They happen to be available. But what a trend I'm seeing is that good experienced folks are getting booked faster, faster and faster. And conversations I'm having with technical directors is, again, they have the crew. It's just going to be maybe the less experienced crew that you're getting. So the sooner, and this is something I feel like with AV budgets, a lot of times that's left to the 11th hour. You don't confirm, confirm that with your internal or your external AV company until a couple weeks out. And just know often until you're confirmed, they won't book the crew. And this applies like no matter if it's their full-time employees or freelancers, like I'm just finding good people are getting booked. And that's a great problem to, you know, a great problem to have because we want good people to be booked. But if you really want to have the best of the best at your event, the sooner you can confirm that scope sign your deposit or your letter of intent or whatever it is and confirm it, the better folks that you're going to get on your job. Another mistake that I often see people make is they don't talk through scenarios with their AV company about who is doing what during the event. So it, I, whenever possible, I would always suggest having an actual tech in the room, pushing the buttons, pushing the slides on screen, you know, operating everything. I've met with some clients who had, again, smaller budgets who they were those people and while you can definitely do it if you have that experience and you're like, Logan, I love that role, that's great. But there is some value in having someone who's not you be able to push the slides to advance the slides or to push play on that video. Because if you're the overall event planner for that conference, for that meeting, for that association, you might get pulled away to deal with an attendee issue. And if you get pulled away and you're the one who is pushing the buttons, well, what happens? Do you make the attendee wait or do you make the show wait? So having, making sure you're talking through, this will help you, especially if you're newer on the AV side of things, to make sure you have enough staff from your production team. So knowing that you, you know, your goal of what you want to see, or maybe you have cameras because you're recording, it's very different if you just have static cameras versus a manned, you know, camera with a camera operator behind it and just talking through that because it is one of those things that I think people don't think about until we're physically in the room because a lot of us are very visual people and that's fine. But the hard part, again, back to my earlier point, is they're going to then have to struggle to find someone. And I have had some cases where they can't find someone to fill a role 
because we didn't know it was something they needed until that day before the event. So talk through those scenarios. Who does what? Who's actually pushing my slides? Who's hitting play on my video? Who's helping operate my notes if I have a downstage monitor, conference monitor? Who's helping give my microphone to my speakers? Is that a stage manager or is that someone from your side, from the client side who's helping with that? Like talk through that to make sure you have enough folks. Another common mistake I see is just thinking about staging and scenic, as we might call it. And this is like the everything from the physical stage that people are using to the florals or the backdrop, just the lighting, anything you have that you'd want on your stage to jazz it up and be more than just, you know, a black stage with some skirting around it. And while this can be a great place to like make a good impression and go big, it can also be really expensive. So just thinking through again, back to my earlier point about priorities, what is important to you? And my second to last mistake I see people do is to think about the speaker tools that you're going to need. So this is something that, again, we can get into the 11th hour or two weeks before the event, and I'm coming on to help as a show caller. And I'm asking, you know, do we have a clicker? Meaning, do our speakers want to advance their own slides? They want a little clicker. Or do they want a speaker timer where you can control a countdown timer that only they see so they can see how much time they have left? highly encourage this for anyone who has speakers who who talk for a long period of time, a speaker timer can be really helpful. Or a panel discussion, something that's more open format that you want to have a countdown to let them know when time is up. Or having that downstage monitor, teleprompter, confidence monitor can be called many things, but this is uh, anywhere from a screen that's down on the floor to a screen that's kind of, we've seen them for the presidential uh, prompters, what we call them, the presidential addresses, those clear Um, clear panels that are showing you your notes or even an exact word for word script of what you're saying. There's really everything's possible. Again, you do not need all of those for your event, but just thinking through what is your speaker's expectation? If you're getting a lot of folks with speakers who are bringing you slides last minute, maybe it's a lot of thought leaders, experts, things like that. I would highly recommend having a clicker because they're the, the speaker is going to know their content the best and you in the back of the room or your event, your tech that you're bringing in from your AV team isn't going to know that. And there is going to be a little bit of a delay. So I, and to avoid having your speaker say next slide, next slide, next slide, I'd highly encourage you to have at least a minimum, a clicker. And then my last not common mistake so far, but my last pro tip for making the most of your AV event budget is if throughout this episode, your head is spinning, you're like, Logan, I have no idea what you're talking about, or this just seems like a lot. This is where you can hire someone. You can hire help, ask for help. This is where you can bring in someone like myself. You can bring in a producer who's going to be more of like a project manager for things. You can bring in a show caller who's going to just more come in in the weeks before manage your AV team and call and direct the show and tell what person to push what buttons when. Or you can even hire what we would call a technical director or a TD. And this is someone who would be the true project manager owner of the whole production team. They would make sure you had the right equipment, the right people. They'd probably help you with your schedule. Usually a TD wouldn't call the show. They wouldn't be the one queuing everyone. But sometimes all three of those roles can kind of wear switching hats The main things I would say is like a producer is really good talking to you and understands your vision as the client, as the event host, as the event organizer. The show caller needs to do a little bit of that, but needs to really just own your show and know what happens when, calm under pressure, knows how to cue multiple things at once. And you're really your TD is someone who has very, you know, intense technical knowledge. I don't think would never call myself a TD. Again, I say I'm a show caller and I'm a producer who knows enough to be dangerous, but that's kind of how I would classify myself. So just making sure you know you can hire someone. You can always reach out. Mary and I are also a great resource. 
But hopefully this gives you a little bit more clarity about your AV budget and how you can make the most of it. I don't want it to be a scary part of the event planning process, but I often can find it's one that folks either just don't know and don't really want to dive into, and that's where they're wasting some dollars or maybe just not happy with their experience after the fact. And there's some small tweaks, like I mentioned, you can make that can kind of just set yourself up for success so that you have an amazing event. Well, that brings me to the end of our episode. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter at Better Events Pod. You can send us an email at bettereventspod at gmail.com. You can also connect directly with Mary and I on LinkedIn. We seriously, we love hearing from you. And as always, thanks for listening. And Mary and I will be back together in your feeds again next Wednesday. 